y'all. I'm Tina. And I'm Lisa. And this is Queen Bees. If you are new here, welcome and thank you for listening today. If you are returning, thank you. Whether you are on your drive, cleaning, or in your comfy spot with a glass of wine or cocktail, we are so pleased you are here. Be sure to like and subscribe. That way you will be notified the moment an episode drops. Alrighty, today we are going to be talking about skin issues. I I'm gonna try my best here to keep this as organized as possible. <laughs> Cause we've noticed we're a little all over the place sometimes, but we're learning too. So give us a little bit of a break and give us tips and tricks too. If there's something that you think we can do better, we'll definitely try. Absolutely. So we're gonna start by letting you know what each one of us has. Then we're going to explain what those are in the medical terms, not like big words, stuff that you can understand, and then explain what does work for us, what hasn't worked for us, what we've tried, and we'll try to put what we're actually talking, which skin issue we're actually talking about before we switch back and forth so we can kind of keep it together. So my skin issues are cystic hormonal acne, dry skin, coarse facial hair, acne scars, and stretch marks. And I do have some of the same things. I also have the uh, cystic hormonal acne. I also have um, stretch marks, obviously, from my children, um, as every mom does. Uh, I have rosacea. Those would be my big ones. I don't have um, the sensitive skin like my sister Tina does, so I'm I'm good there. But, uh, yeah, definitely the rosacea, the uh, cystic hormonal acne, and... So I'm yeah. gonna, we'll start with the two biggest ones, which would be rosacea and the cystic hormonal acne. For the cystic hormonal acne, it's not just regular acne that's underneath your skin and it comes to a simple pimple head that you can pop. It's like a huge welt, sore type thing that's underneath your skin that will throb, burn, ache. You try to... Touch it and it hurts. You wash your face, it hurts. It's absolutely horrible. And And it's not something like your regular acne cream will help you with. No. It's like too deep under the skin. So they don't know the exact, doctors do not know the exact cause of cystic acne, but most cases of it are your hormones are completely out of whack, which could be due to a irregular menstrual cycle, pregnancy, menopause, PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Certain medications can actually make it, make it, if I could talk, make it happen. They do say that some skin products, but I have extremely sensitive skin and was using all natural things and very sensitive items and that was not the cause for me. My dermatologist did tell me my depot could be making it 
worse. It's not necessarily causing it to happen, but it's increasing the issue that I'm having. Um, and I currently am not able to switch my form of birth control because that is the only thing that I have found that works all around for me. Um, so I kind of have to deal with the repercussions of that. And then things that you may have heard, maybe not even heard, because I didn't even hear of one of these. And I actually find it quite hilarious because I would have never even thought of it. But things that will not cause the cystic hormonal acne are not washing your face enough. Sexual activity, including masturbation. <laughs> Chocolate, greasy or spicy foods. Because like we said, it's not... It's not regular zits from eating too much sugar or chocolate or greasy foods or not washing your face enough because your pores are clogged and then you're getting zits. They're cysts underneath your skin that need to be taken care of from the inside out, not the outside in. That doesn't mean that you don't wash your face or do anything like that, but we'll get more into that in a little bit. So I'm going to start now going forward with the cystic acne. I have had it for 10 years now. I got it after I had my kids and had a severe hormonal imbalance. I even tried going on birth control. I had my tubes tied. I had an ablation done to get all my hormones back in check. And even with all of those things, it's still there. Before I did any of those things with the doctor, I tried essential oils. Every skincare product on the shelf at Walgreens, Walmart, CVS, Target, wherever you shop for your goodies. Oil of Olay. Neutrogena. I think Revlon even has a line now. And then there's Burt's Bees, Cetaphil, even some of the higher end, like, is it number seven is like a name of it. Um, I tried everything and nothing worked. And my husband was like, you need to just go see a dermatologist. You've tried everything. I literally spent over thousands of dollars. On, I mean, I even did those home parties that sell all natural products, which I do really love one of them. I'm, I'm an Arbonne girl. Don't get me wrong. I love their products. But I tried that and that didn't help. I tried Labry. That didn't I tried help. even like scrubs and peels and all that kind of stuff. Cause some people were like, oh, maybe it's that your skin isn't moisturized enough. So try lotions, try this, try that. I'm telling you, nothing helped. Yeah. So to save yourself a lot of time, agony, and money, don't Google and try to figure out what you have. If you think that you have something, just go to a dermatologist. Most insurances cover dermatology nowadays. What they don't cover is cosmetic procedures. So if you would go in there and say that you wanted your lips filled or Botox in your forehead to get rid of wrinkles, insurance isn't going to cover that unless you have some kind of special insurance that covers it. And if you do, send me an email and let me know 
what kind of insurance that is. <laughs> but our insurance does cover the basics for dermatology because people do have skin issues. You can go in for a skin tag or have a mole checked. Those are all medical conditions that do need to be checked. So just save yourself the time, hassle, and money and go seek a dermatologist to figure out what you have and get the correct treatment for it right away. What she ended up putting me on was an antibiotic. It was called minocycline and then prescribed me a, it's a tretinoin cream. It's just a prescription grade retinol, which is pretty much makes your face peel off. Not, not super bad or anything. I mean, when I first started using it, it made my face really dry and peely. So I went and got myself the St. Ives mandarin and lemon, pink lemon face scrub. And then I would do that three times a week just to help get that extra dead skin that was peeling off, off faster. Now I only have to do that like once once a week, maybe once every other week. And I use my tretinoin cream every single night. If I forget a night, I forget a night. But 99% of the time, I put it on every single night. And then you went to the dermatologist and found out that you had the acne. And then you also have the rosacea. Yes. So I am on doxycycline and also the same cream that you have and she started me out at like a lower dose or i should say a low dose um and then kind of worked me up from there and now i think i'm at one of the stronger doses because mine is um a more severe case yeah and i only get my cyst uh cystic acne like at my jawline and on my neck a little bit um so i really thought it was just like you know, from sitting at your work desk, if you're thinking and you kind of, you know, put your hand under there or something, like I was just trapping too much grease and oil. So I started trying to like wash more and wash more and, you know, just be more aware of it and not touch my face so much. And it's like nothing I did helped. That cream really, really does help. And honestly, if I miss it for more than a day, like let's say I go out of town for a weekend and I forget to pack it or something oh, do I pay for it? Like it literally within a few days after that, I'll have like three new ones. And no matter how hard I try to pop them, it it's so painful and like they don't pop. And even the ones that you get to pop, you can still feel like a gigantic pocket underneath that like almost like you didn't Yeah, and it's it kind of like a, if they ever do get to a point where you can pop them, it actually looks like a, a piece of rice comes out. It's It's a hard crystallized pus ball that gets stuck under like deep 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 under there and that's why you, we were prescribed the antibiotics because it works from the inside out to like cure all that extra bacteria that you have festering around in your body and this didn't start for me until i was about 30. i didn't have any of that beforehand and the rosacea is redness, stinging, burning patches of skin on your face, right? Yes, that was the other thing she diagnosed me with was rosacea. And I specifically have it on my cheeks. I first thought that 
maybe I ride a motorcycle. So I thought, well, maybe it's kind of like a little bit of windburn or sunburn or something. So I just kept thinking it was that. And sometimes I'd get like these dry flaky patches of skin. So of course, you know, naturally I pick at them. <laughs> and when I pick at them, even if it's just like a little piece hanging there, I'll like, you know, scratch them off and it bleeds. Like there was no sore there. There was no scab. There was no zit. There was no nothing. Like when that little flaky piece falls off, then my face bleeds. And then I would end up with tiny little scabs oh, on my cheeks. Yeah. yeah. And it was literally just like, I'm going to say a little bit bigger than a half dollar. I don't know. How big would you say this is? Yeah, about a half dollar. A little bit, maybe a little bit more than a half dollar on each cheek. So I just have it there. I know I have a, a girlfriend who has it, you know, much more of a wide variety all over her face. Um, so I guess I could say I'm, you know, more fortunate that it's more of a designated area, which does help because um, I can focus the creams and things that I'm using on those areas. So when they are dry, you know, she said to make sure that my face isn't too dry. So use, you know, a lotion or a moisturizer, um, but also you know, I have naturally oily skin, so I can't get it too, you know, moisturized because then it's, it just feels nasty. And like my, my, my face just feels all clogged up. Right. And having a really good regimen before you go to bed of how you clean and take care of your face will help with some of this stuff as well, which I've learned over the years. Now, before I went to the dermatologist, it was like five or six years before that I've tried all these things and I was not wearing makeup at the time. Now I am a full face makeup girl every single day of the week, minus the weekends if I don't go anywhere, but on the weekends, that's my time. And I've always loved makeup, even as a teenager, but I always would break out or I'd get a rash or have really bad reactions from it. And I thought it had was just due to my extremely sensitive skin and being allergic to a bazillion things. But she actually said it was from my cystic hormonal acne and the imbalance that it was like clashing with each other. So then it would create the the rashes and the zits, like the regular zits that you get with whiteheads and, and stuff like that. Now I rarely get any. Even my hormonal cystic acne, as long as I stick to taking my medications every day and putting my creams on, I rarely have any breakouts or cysts going on. If I'm really stressed about something, and I mean really stressed, like I haven't slept for an entire week stressed, then I'll get one. But otherwise, I'm, I've got a pretty good regimen going down right now. And even with my full face of makeup, I will, in the evening, I take oil to rub it all over my face with my makeup on to loosen everything up. I'll use vitamin E oil, castor oil, almond oil. Um, there's another one over in the vitamin aisle. They're all over up on the shelf, all the body oils but they're in the actual vitamin aisle at the grocery store that you can use or go to your health food store where they sell essential oils and get some of the base oils that you would use to mix the essential oils in to put on your body. 
you can mix up however whatever ratio you want i will tell you castor oil is extremely thick and goopy so if you are going to use castor oil do very little in the bottom and then mix it with a bunch of other oils and i'll just break everything up take a baby wipe a sensitive baby wipe wipe everything off and then i'll go wash my face with my regular face wash then I put on my hyaluronic drops. Then I put on my tretinoin cream. Then I'll add some just regular moisturizer after that dries, especially around like my eyes and my lips so that they don't get extra dry since it does dry out your skin so that it can force the layers to reproduce faster so that it's not being clogged up and whatnot uh for my nightly regimen i don't wear makeup on a daily basis necessarily it's usually more of like we're going somewhere and doing something um i'm very minimal on my makeup so i generally just kind of like wash my face and put my cream on at night um but if i do have makeup on i do take a makeup wipe and try to get as much off as i can and then still wash my face Unless I'm like crazy tired or something, then I might just use a makeup remover and like put my tretinol cream on. And, you know, occasionally I do forget, especially if I'm like crazy drunk, then I'll just use my makeup yeah. wipe remover and go to bed. <laughs> um, it happens. But generally that's kind of mine, just very basic. Um, but again, I don't wear a lot of makeup and stuff like that. So I do usually also use my um, tretinol cream in the morning after I shower because my um, cystic acne is quite bad right now, I guess we'll say. Um, and it seems to come and go. Like I'll go like two, I'll go like a month or so and it looks great. And then it's almost like, so I ease up on how much I'm using it. And then it's almost like I'll forget a day or two. And then all of a sudden it's like, bam, there's three of them that are just ridiculous. And I feel like at my age, it looks completely stupid that I have this, you know, cause most people look at it and they just think, Oh, regular acne, like, Oh, she forgot to wash her face or she's gross and dirty and she doesn't wash her face. So that part kind of sucks, but yeah, it was really embarrassing and you get self-conscious about it. But once you know what's actually going on and then I did have a couple of people actually ask me like, what's going on with you? Like, why do you always have this? And once I started explaining what it was to people and like, that I, I'm trying to get it corrected here, but it's not It's not from not washing my face. It's not from wearing too much makeup. It's not from masturbation. Right. <laughs> well, and it's such an odd spot, too. Like, a lot of times when people do get a lot of acne, you know, they get a lot in that, like, the T-zone or even, like, on their cheeks and stuff. Like, this is just such a random area, like, right, it's, right it's at literally below your, the jawline. Your jawline and, like, the below your jawline a little bit like where your neck beats your jaw it's the oddest spot the only other thing i want to add in before we jump into the next section is if you are wearing a mask to not wear the same mask two days in a row don't leave it in your car shove it in your cup holder your pocket your center console it can aggravate stuff on your face from all of the 
breathing in and out on your mask. And then if you're shoving it in your cup holder, now you're collecting the bacteria from your cup holder and all those other places that you could be sticking it. And just to be clear, when she's saying masks, she's talking about the current kind of COVID situation where people are, you know, a lot of stores and things like that are, are asking or requiring that you wear a face mask covering your nose and mouth. That's what that's what Tina's referring to. Yes. So if you are wearing one or you have to wear one for work or to go into certain stores, don't wear it two times in a row. Wash it, sanitize it. Not only so you stay safe and healthy, but so that your skin stays safe and healthy and you're not letting extra bacteria get into, into your pores to create a bigger situation than it needs to be. And double wash your face. Even if you don't wear makeup, I believe in double washing your face at the, at the end of the night. I, I'll wash once and then I'll wash again not necessarily with more soap because I use one of those pads that you can wash instead of just putting the soap in my hands. But or even getting the my cellular water and then going over after you've washed just to help get that extra stuff that's really down in there out good. Uh, since we kind of touched on my rosacea and the medication that I'm taking for that, I just want to um touch base on that and essentially explain that um, doctors don't know exactly what causes rosacea. Um, they think that there's a few things that might uh, kind of play a role in it. Uh, part of that is your genes, uh, along with blood vessel trouble, mites, bacteria, things like that. Um, for me personally, I do know that my grandma had rosacea. Um, so I know that mine is just something in my genes. It's not something that I can control or change. Um, so I kind of just need to, to roll with it. Um, but they definitely say getting treatment is a must. Um, and they do recommend that you see a doctor, um, uh, because if you don't take care of your rosacea, the redness and the swelling can get worse and can even become permanent. Uh, so for me, I definitely don't want that. Uh, not that age should necessarily be a factor, but I'm certainly too young to have my face be looking all fucked up. So I'd rather just put in the time and the effort to at least try uh, to make good decisions and take my medication for it and things like that. And uh, for me personally, I mean, rosacea in itself has flare-ups where certain times are worse than others. Um, and I'm definitely in that category. I feel like I might go two months and it looks phenomenal. Like I don't even have it anymore, but it will always at least for, like you're never gonna get you're never it. gonna it's not something that's like totally curable um I'll, I'll have it for the rest of my life um it just depends on to what magnitude that you have Which it makes me think of don't stop doing your regimen just because you think it looks better and you don't have to do it anymore because that's when you could get a flare-up if you're not sticking to what your doctor is telling you to do um, there are some things that make you more likely to get rosacea, um, having light skin, blonde hair, and blue eyes, uh, being between the ages of 30 and 50, which I'm going to be honest, I think mine, mine started like just before 30. I honestly think it was like 29, but I mean, you just are barely. not light skinned, not blonde. No, I am not none of those things. <laughs> um, 
I feel like mine started just a hair before. And honestly, it was literally just one summer that I thought like, oh, I just got a little bit of windburn from riding the bike or a little sunburn from something, or maybe just got sunburned one too many times this summer. And I do wear sunscreen in the summer. I'm very big about that because we do go where we live. We have so many lakes and we're out by the water all the time. Um, so I do wear sunscreen on a regular basis. Um, my foundation even has a little bit of sunscreen in it, or at least the one that I was using um, prior to, well, prior to what I'm using right at the moment. Um, but either way, definitely, definitely, definitely highly recommend wearing sunscreen. Um, but the other things that say uh, play a factor into it are being a woman, it's more common in women, having family members with rosacea. And like I said, I know my grandma had it, um, had severe acne and smoke. I do not smoke and I never had severe acne. I had typical teenager acne. Um, so unfortunately for me, it's just uh, in my DNA and I'm kind of stuck with it. Uh, like I said before, there's not a cure for rosacea, but treatments can help you manage the redness, bumps, and other symptoms. Um, there's a list of medications that doctors do suggest. I highly recommend, I'm not even gonna read them to you guys. One, I probably can't pronounce any of these correctly. And two, I highly, highly, highly recommend go see an actual dermatologist, not even just your regular doctor. No, because I talked to my dermatologist. I talked to my regular doctor first and they were like, oh, just try this and just try that. And they kind of tried like all the simple things first, which don't get me wrong. I'm not saying trying the simple things is the wrong way to go about it. I just knew that I had already tried pretty much all of those things. So I needed something else. So when I finally did go see a dermatologist, even though I'm a cheap ass and I didn't want to spend the money to see a specialist, I am extremely glad that I did because she literally looked at me for like two seconds and was like, you have this, this, and this. I mean, don't get me wrong. She thoroughly checked me over and everything else, but yeah. she really knew what she was talking about. And she, she knew what my issues were immediately and what the best course of action was, but still went through all the steps to make sure she was giving me the best care that she could. So I, I was very, very happy with it. Now, if anyone caught her saying mites, everybody has mites on their face. You cannot see them with the naked eye. They just, everybody has them. It's not something from not washing your face or being dirty or anything like that. It's tiny little bugs that just eat dirt and bacteria out of your pores and everybody has them everybody no matter if you wash your face or not right so don't freak out about that either we'll be right back after a brief message about our sponsor have you heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain it is completely free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need right at your fingertips and all in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Was there anything else that you wanted to share about 
your care for rosacea before we move on. Mm-hmm. All right. So, like, the... Because, honestly, there's nothing other than what your doctor... Like, right. I'm telling you, I tried fucking everything. It don't... So did I. So, just listen. Don't don't even waste your money buying expensive creams and from Ulta and all those other big beauty stores and whatnot it's because it's not gonna work just go seek out a professional that can look at you and clearly diagnose you with what you have so you can just get put on the proper treatment and regimen course and just it'll you'll be so much happier doing it that way too not like me who spends five years trying all these things and then it takes two years of being on a regimen to finally have clear good looking skin that I feel comfortable in. And I also just want to point out there are some um, things that can trigger rosacea. Um, things like sunlight, hot and cold temperatures, wind, stress, hot baths, hot or spicy foods or drinks, alcohol, intense exercises, and medications such as blood pressure, drugs, or steroids that you put on your skin. Um, me personally, I honestly think, like I said, it kind of seemed to me that it started from the wind of riding my motorcycle. I don't keep my face totally covered. So I feel like that kind of played a part in it. And that I also used to exercise five to six days a week. And I wouldn't say I necessarily did any kind of like crazy intense stuff, but I did work really hard. I was actually like in the bed, like I was in better shape than I was in my teenage years for quite a while there. I weighed more than I did in my teenage years, but I was like two jean sizes less. Like it was ridiculous. So I don't know that I necessarily say I did intense exercise, but I guess it's kind of everyone's definition of intense is a little bit different. That's right. So we both have stretch marks from having kids. Uh, What I found that really worked for me And I also learned this because of my oldest being born with a cleft lip and palate and seeing a plastic surgeon for her issues. He recommended that we rub vitamin E oil on her scars after they had healed, like after they healed to lessen the appearance of the scars. So that's why I use the vitamin E oil when I'm taking my makeup off. I I used it on my C-section scar, which is almost, unless you're my husband, you're not going to see it anyway. But even my husband doesn't even notice it anymore. Right. I've used it on all of my stretch marks and I wear a bikini and no one has ever noticed any of my stretch marks. And I have them on the inside of my legs, on my hips, on my stomach, on my breasts. I even had them on the underside of my arms. I have had stretch marks since I was like, I don't know, 14. Um, my, my first stretch marks that I noticed on my body were actually on the inside of my thighs And I think it essentially just happened because I kind of had a a growth spurt where I grew crazy fast. Um, So I have had those for as long as I can remember pretty much. You don't necessarily have to have kids in order to have stretch marks. It's your body growing faster than your skin can keep up. So some reasons for that would be a growth spurt. My husband got them when he was a teenager during a growth spurt. 
You can get them from being pregnant because you're growing another human. You can get them from putting on a lot of weight and then losing weight and your skin can't keep up with the fluctuations of elasticity. I also have them from having children on my love handles and my stomach area. Some are more noticeable than others. Um, I tried a million and one things, I feel like. I, again, I tried like the Arbonne creams and the... Um, the Pure Romance one that said yeah. it would get rid of it. That didn't work either. Yeah, and it's hard to tell too because... I feel like I also was never smart enough to do like before and after pictures. So if it did have some improvement, it wasn't enough improvement that I noticed it with like the naked eye, which again, when, when your body is healing and changing over time, it's very difficult to tell period because you've you seen see yourself, yourself every, every day. day. So that's hard to tell too. I definitely will say one thing that I feel like helps is time. I don't care how much weight you gained while you were pregnant or even just gained throughout whatever hiccup you're going through in your life or whatever obstacle you're going through in your life. Maybe, maybe it's your freshman 15 or, um, you know, you just, you've been home the last year because you weren't able to go to work and whether you put on weight or you lost weight, either way, like stretch marks can occur. Um, so I think one thing is just, just time in general to let your body recuperate. Um, specifically, you know, if you had a baby, it, it took your body over nine months to get to that point. I mean, unless you delivered your baby like early or something, but essentially it took your body nine months to get there. You can't expect to have a baby in a month later, be back in the greatest shape of your life. It just overall, it takes time for your body to recover from something like that, or even losing weight or, even from gaining weight, maybe you're too thin and you wanted to put a little bit of weight on. Again, any of those things, you know, it just takes time for your body to recuperate from no matter which direction that you're going. Um, so me personally, I feel like some things just sort of healed a little bit over time. Um, but I'm always, I will always have stretch marks on my love handles. Like they're just there. They used to be really dark. And I feel like with time they faded, whether that was some ointment or cream that kind of worked over the, over the course of time of me using it. And I just didn't notice, but nothing ever gets rid of it. Like the commercial Wait, that you they'll see. They'll never be completely gone. It's bullshit. It will, even my daughter's plastic surgeon said she'll never be completely gone of that scar, but you can do this to help minimize the appearance so it's not removing them. It's not completely. I, I mean, I'm sure you probably could go to a plastic surgeon and they can remove them in some way, shape or form. I'm talking about regular over the counter. Things aren't going to completely get rid of them. Not not even that cocoa butter shit that they tell you to rub all over your damn self. That don't work either. And I also want to say for me personally, I know some people were like, oh, you should have used more cocoa butter when you were pregnant. Your stretch marks wouldn't be so bad. And I'm like, That's not I used a ton of lotion and cocoa butter. And yes, I did not put it on five times a day like some people, but I did usually put it, especially in the beginning, I did once a day. And then towards the end, I was definitely doing twice a day because sometimes my stomach would freaking itch so bad putting cocoa butter on it was like the one thing that would make it feel better but it was itching so bad because the skins was being 
stretched out. Right. It but I'm just saying I with... use that all that stuff too. So <laughs> if you didn't use cocoa butter or you did use cocoa butter, but you're regretting that you didn't use enough because you still end up with stretch marks, honey, I do not care. Everyone is going to get a stretch mark at some point in time in their life, no matter how hard you try. So enjoy it, accept it. It, it is what it. it is. Those aren't stretch marks anymore. They're called tiger stripes nowadays. I know. So the other thing that I do have is extremely dry and sensitive skin. What I found that works for me is drinking lots and lots and lots of water. Stay hydrated. They tell you you're supposed to drink half your body weight in water a day. Drink half your weight in body Half your weight in body. <laughs> Half your weight in water ounces. So, yeah, so if you weigh, for simple math, if you weigh 200 pounds, you're supposed to drink 100 fluid ounces. If you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking 50 fluid ounces of water. Not only will that help keep you hydrated and your skin looking flush, good, voluptuous. Well, and it helps with everything, not just your skin, right. but like not just, it helps with eating less, your weight management, flushing out toxins from your the, helping to prevent kidney stones. Yes. So drink lots and lots and lots of water. I was not a big water drinker before. I was more of a six to eight can of Mountain Dews a day kind of gal. Now I'm a six to eight 32 ounce cups of water a day gal along with my coffee and tea every once in a while I have a Mountain Dew but that upping my water intake really has made a huge difference even retaining my tan from summer last winter you said all winter long how it looked like I was still super tan and I was going to the tanning salon but only once a week for five minutes a session to get some vitamin D in to help with my seasonal anxiety and depression. I know but we I, promised we weren't going to jump around, but I do want to say with the tanning, I also feel like it does help me with my cyst like acne, my cystic acne. Um, and I don't know why that is a thing. It's the vitamin D. Okay. But, I, I feel like I notice a now, difference. We're not advocating like go to the tanning salon every single day of the week for 20 minutes a day so that you look like beef jerky. I'm talking like therapeutic going to the tanning salon. Like I said, it was like a five to seven minute session once a week. And it was literally just laying in there for five to seven minutes, getting some vitamin D to help with my anxiety, my depression, and my skin issues. I have not gone at all this winter, and I am not as dark as I was last winter, but I still have quite a bit of my color retained from last summer, and we're actually coming into some nicer weather. I'm so excited. And personally, I tan so easy. I don't really need to go to the tanning salon. Or if when I do or when I have, I should say, it's generally been, oh, we're going to be going on a vacation to somewhere, you know, more tropical where the sun is more intense. It's, you know, it's beneficial to definitely get a little bit of a base tan before you go there and you're so close to the equator. 
Um, or even but, if you're very light skin, like I am a little bit before summer actually hits or even late spring when you're going to be out in t-shirts and tank tops and shorts, go about a month before that hits in your area. Even if it's just five minutes once a week for a month before summer hits to get a little bit of a base down so that you don't burn. And if you love the shit out of tanning and go every week, multiple times a week, all year round, then more power to you. We're not knocking tanning in any way, shape, or form. We're simply just saying giving... what has worked for us. Yes. Lisa's not a big tanner. I wasn't going to get a tan. I was going for the vitamin D benefits. But so. girl, you want to be a bronze goddess? You fucking go for it. Absolutely. And I have tried lots and lots of different kinds of lotions to fight off my dry skin. That's all in finding what works for you. Because I've tried many and then they change the formula and then it doesn't work anymore. So I have to switch up every now and then anyway because I do have sensitive skin. So I can't use the same product over and over and over again because then I will break out in a rash. And then last but not least, that wonderful, coarse facial hair that I now have. I'm going to knock on wood real quick because I don't have that. And I, I'm afraid to even use the Y-E-T word because uh, I really hope that I just never get it again. Knock on wood. Um, <laughs> it, it didn't start showing up till a couple of years ago. I started noticing it and I was trying to pluck it and they wouldn't. Like they wouldn't come out. So then I even asked my husband to help me and he refused to help me because he said that's not something that husbands do. So I'm bawling my eyes out in the bathroom, called you up and was like, I need you to come pluck these fucking hairs off my chin. I can't fucking get them. They're they're a bitch. It it they are a fucking bitch. I hate them so fucking much. But what I have found that works for me is shaving. No, shaving does not make them come back coarser. I was not shaving before they started coming in coarse and thick. And they're white or black. And I am blonde. So, and I mean like white like Santa's beard white. Or black like my pants. Which they can't see. <laughs> Black is a night with no lights on. <laughs> yes. So I don't normally have, I mean, like, even in summertime, I could go a day or two and most people won't notice that I haven't shaved. My hair is so light right. and blends into my skin. These were not blending in. Extremely coarse, hard to pluck. I even went in and had them waxed and even the lady there couldn't get them all and had to, like, really pluck at them. What I found that works is shaving. And not only does it help with the coarse hairs, I shave my whole damn face from my under my nose, just like a man. Everywhere a man would shave, I shave. It also gets rid of all dead skin cells that are on your face, kind of cleans everything off real nice. And helps regenerate the new skin growth, which I also need for the other stuff I got going on. Right. And then if there's a few that I didn't quite get 
good enough from shaving. I will pluck at them a couple of times just to get rid of those nasty bitches that just showed up out of nowhere. So be warned. They could be coming for you. <laughs> well, oh, the other thing, I used those scrub mitts, and they were at the dollar store for the stretch marks. They were just like one of those body wash that are kind of like rough that you put right on your hand. I would use that in the shower on the stretch marks and stuff. And then right after the shower is when I would put the vitamin E oil on. If you want to give it a try, go ahead and give it a try. If it works, it works. If it don't. Someone else told me that those mitts can help with your cellulite too. I've never personally used them. But, I mean, hey. If you want to give it a go, if it's only if it's only a dollar at the dollar store. It's not it's not so bad than some of these companies that are like, here's this miracle cream for a hundred dollars, and then doesn't do shit. I know that's the worst part of it. Like you just get sucked into all these infomercials and ads all over social media, and when you're googling shit, and then you're like, oh well, maybe, oh well, maybe, and then then it's the next thing and the next thing, and before you know it. There goes $1,000 in products that didn't fucking work at all, and you threw them in the trash. Right. So seek out a professional. Go see a dermatologist if you're having any kind of skin issues, even if they're not, even if you, it's not cystic acne or, or rosacea. There's lots of other skin issues out there that you can go see the dermatologist for and get on some kind of regimen and make yourself feel better and more confident and glowing in your own skin and drink some water and a glass of wine just saying hey my coffee is spiked with uh rum chata rum chata tonight i got the malibu going i love me my rum i do too but i really wanted some coffee tonight and i was like mm. I think I'm going to spike it. <laughs> Perfect. One other thing I wanted to say is if you do want to try some other things on your skin, but you don't want to spend a boatload of money and you just want to have kind of a little bit of a variety of to try things, like say you have some acne scars, some red spots, and not something that you need to go to the dermatologist for, sign up for one of those beauty boxes. I do the Ipsy bag, and I do the bigger, it's the $25 a month one. I get five full-size products. I absolutely love it. You can get face washes, serums, makeup, eyelashes, nails. You can even get stuff for your hair. You just fill out the quiz, and then they send you shit every month that you can try. And if you end up liking it, great. And you don't have to do the $25 one. You, you think the the small little bag is only like $10 or $11 a month. And they're like sample sizes. But then at least you get to try it. And if you do end up really liking something, then you can go ahead and make that purchase. Instead of going out and buying a $60 serum that you want to try. And then you end up not liking it. And you feel like you wasted money on something. And there's more than just Ipsy. There's a whole bunch of them out there. There's right. Birchbox and BoxyCharm and a million other ones. Even Amazon does one now. That's it for 
me. The challenge for the week. I personally challenge you to try, just try for one week to drink the amount of water that you should. So take whatever your body weight is. If you don't know, give it a good educated guess. And not a, I wish I was 105, <laughs> so I'm only going to drink, you know, 52. I was going to pick the same one. <laughs> uh, so let's give that one a go. Drink half your body weight in fluid ounces of water. And for one week, just one week, I want you to and try see if to you notice a difference in your skin's uh, texture, fe elasticity, feeling. One whole week, give it a try. Yes, no cheating, no, I forgot. And, like, and give it coffee a good... does not count. No. Tea does as long as it's non-caffeinated. Whiskey and water does not count. Rum and water does not count. <laughs> Drink the actual amount of water that you should for one week and see if you notice a difference, feel any better, things like that. Let us know. And until next time. Toodaloo. Thank you all for joining us today. If you found this episode helpful, make sure to share it with a friend who you think would find value in it. Also, like rate, and subscribe on your favorite streaming app of choice. New episodes drop every Friday. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Queen Bees Podcast for sneak peeks into next week's episode. We would also love to hear your experiences and learn from them. Email us at queenbeespodcast at gmail.com with topic suggestions and listener escapades. All the links will be in the show notes.